Hello and welcome to Search for Truth. It's great you can join us for our Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Today's the final talk in this series of 10 programs, and I remind you, if you've only just started to listen today, that they're all about the pattern for Christian church life laid out for us mainly in the New Testament as well as in the Old. In this series, we've been seeking to discover what God intended, both then and now, when New Testament Christian disciples began collective service for God. Brian's summing it all up today in his talk called Fitting All the Functions Together. So let's do just that now with Brian. Thanks, John. An individual person can function in many different ways during his or her life. For example, a particular man may be a husband, a father, an employee and a taxpayer. Although these all describe the same person and are all true simultaneously, they're not the same function, of course. Similarly, the house of God functions in different specific ways on the earth. For example, as a people, a people for God, set apart for him and distinct from all other people on earth. But it also serves as a kingdom, God's kingdom, one which acknowledges the authority of Christ. And it also functions by carrying out the responsibilities that come from being a priesthood, a priesthood that is to God and for God, serving him in all the ways he specified in his word. These functions are all distinct from each other, and yet they all apply simultaneously to the house of God. Perhaps it might help to picture this relationship by imagining a cube, like a die. Instead of the numbers, one to six, on its faces, try to imagine looking at a die with three faces visible, one forward-facing and to the left, another forward-facing and to the right, and one on top. Now, if we think of that die or cube as being God's house, I would like to ask you to imagine that on those three visible faces are displayed respectively the descriptions, the kingdom of God, the priesthood and the people of God. We should further clarify our terms here. By the term people of God is meant those possessed by God and separated to God. By the term kingdom of God is meant those who acknowledge the rule and authority exercised by God. And finally, by the term priesthood, is meant those who offer service for God. In relation to each of the three functions of the house, and the house itself, Jesus is prominent and is known by a particularly relevant title in each case. According to Hebrews 3 verse 6, he is son over God's house. According to Hebrews 2 and verse 11, he is the leader of the congregation of God's gathered people. According to Hebrews 3 and verse 1, he's the great high priest over the priestly house. And according to Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus is king, the one having all authority in God's kingdom. We're using New Testament verses, of course, as we're anxious to understand the direct relevance of all this for today. But it's good, as we conclude our Bible-wide review of this major theme, with its dramatic implications for our Christian discipleship, that we see the symmetry with the Old Testament. The teaching of both parts of the Bible blend into an overall bigger picture, which is a vital reassurance. Reassurance. Why do I say that? Well, how does one gain reassurance about the teaching of any verse? It's by comparing other Bible verses on the same topic. Laying one thing alongside another was one method of the earliest Bible teachers when they were expounding Scripture. In reality, it's the same thing you face when wondering if it would be correct to fit the next piece of the jigsaw puzzle in one particular place. 
How do you get reassurance in that situation about whether you're attempting to fit the correct piece in the correct place? You simply stand back and take in an overview of the whole picture. Each piece of the puzzle carries a tiny part of the overall picture. Only when they're all fitted in the correct places will that perfect, complete picture emerge which compares with the puzzle solution guide. Now we come back to apply our analogy to the study of the Bible. When we ask ourselves, have I understood that verse correctly, as God wants me to, what we have to do is step back and see the bigger Bible picture and ask, how does my interpretation of what this one verse says fit with God's mainline purposes as the Bible overall reveals them? We need to do that now as we approach the conclusion of this study. If the present-day application of this matters for our service, and it does, how can we be sure we've got it right? This is the reason why this series has taken a Bible-wide panorama. Now, take today's topic about the three functions closely related to being God's house. Is it possible to find a correspondence between God's purposes that is, between his intentional dealings with men and women, in the Old Testament as compared with his purposes in New Testament times. Well, I want to take you to inspect side by side one Old Testament text and one New Testament text. The one from the Old Testament is from Exodus chapter 19, starting at verse 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, God says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. And then later in chapter 25, verse 8, he says, Let them construct a sanctuary for me, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I am going to show you, as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so you shall construct it. Looking back over those words we've read from Exodus, we hear the same things we've been talking about, but coming also from Old Testament times. The nation of Israel was chosen by God to be the people of God, a kingdom and a priesthood, even as they were those identified with the construction of God's sanctuary or house. It was to be constructed so they could function in those previously mentioned ways as the people of God, a kingdom and a priesthood for God. Now we'll travel over to New Testament times and to 1 Peter chapter 2 where we read from verse 5, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There are plainly terms there that we should recognise. Associated with being God's house, now a spiritual house, there are nevertheless the same duties or functions. There's mention of a holy nation or people who are God's prized possession and mention of a priesthood that is both holy and royal. But let's read other New Testament verses which pair together different combinations of these functions of God's house which we are considering. 
We'll do this to emphasise the interrelatedness of all these things, so as to show that it's one and the same company of persons which is always in view in the New Testament. We begin with 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16. Paul says to those in Corinth there, We are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And observe that this links God's house, or temple as it said, to those who are God's people. Okay, now we'll take our next reading in Acts chapter 14 verse 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. It says, when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so we notice there the side-by-side mentions of God's kingdom with disciples continuing in the faith taught by elders in every church, all of which together form God's house. And we come now to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Clearly, this links God's spiritual house to the priesthood function. Now we come to the Lord's words in Luke 12 and verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom, which links a people being led like a flock to its overall kingdom function. Let's look now at 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. This reference binds together the function of God's people and priesthood. And finally, in Revelation 1 and verse 6, He has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. That links the kingdom aspect to the priesthood aspect. And since all these vital aspects of corporate Christian service are bound together in these ways and centred on God's house, it emphasises once again how important a topic of study this is. The entire vision of God as expressed throughout the New Testament is satisfied in the reality of what we find. Born-again believers, baptised by immersion in water, as disciples of the Lord Jesus, in faithful adherence to the teaching of the apostles, and maintained in this unifying focus by the supervision of caring elders in every location in which the overall community expressed itself when standing in dedicated separation to God from worldly associations. The Lord Jesus Christ fulfills many functions and responsibilities, as we've just heard in our hymn. 
prophet, priest, and king, behold him, saviour, shepherd, Christ, and Lord. Indeed, may well we shout the praises and bless the name of the one who died to save us, Jesus, evermore the same. Now, for the last time for this series, I remind you that there's a transcript booklet containing all ten talks and it's free, so if you'd like one or more, please tell us. Now, I'm about to give you the contact details, so get your pen and paper to hand because here's our postal and email address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. I'll repeat that. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, there are a number of ways you can access the many booklets and audio repeats for various subjects and studies, which we've previously presented on air in uh, other programmes. So you can absorb and enjoy these at your leisure. Each week, I remind you of a different way to obtain them. One of the ways you can listen again is by audio podcast versions of many past programmes. You go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com on your computer and you can browse the list of talks which has been sorted into categories so you can find what you're looking for. And uh, in addition, there are at least 40 different titles of Search for Truth booklets which have been turned into e-books and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash kindle hyphen ebooks just type search for truth series into the search box and they should come up now thanks as always for your kind attention in listening today we greatly value your interest in these programs and we do hope that you enjoy them whether you do or you don't either way we'd be pleased if you let us know but next week starts a brand new series and i look forward to you joining us if you can Until then, very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers, and me, John. Goodbye, and may God richly bless you. (laughs) 